Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Well, hello, hello. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. And it's a Friday. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Danielle Ikigay, who is the ying to my yang. Yeah, I thought this was, how did we manage this this time? We didn't even consult, guys. No. Um, but look, one of us could have been wearing green because I do believe that we've got a little bit of green on the screen as we head yep. toward the formal close. Absolutely. Looking like it's, uh, well, just over three-tenths of a percent higher on the SIBO 200. I've got the ASX almost the same, about 0.33% up today. And uh, yeah, following that US lead, nice to see the market moving up. Information technology going on a real run today. That sector leading and then materials because we're continuing to see iron ore prices move up. But we might cover that in the themes. We will. Well, let's get there, Danielle, because yeah, the ASX is higher. Um, we had some data from China. I think that's one of the themes of yep. this week. You know, continuing to disappoint. So we had those producer price, uh, you know, inflationary index coming in, but it, but it didn't seem to dent sentiment here. I no. was sort of starting the session thinking if it came in below expectations, you know, we could be in for a bit of trouble, but didn't no. didn't come to fruition. No. The, so the numbers were basically. I think the CPI was broadly in line. PPI was weaker than expected. But at the moment, the narrative is very much the traders trying to focus on, you know, we're, we're going to just push the authorities in China to start stimulating. stimulating. Basically, that seems to be it. The fundamentals look awful. The traders are saying, we're not having a bar of it. You know, we're going to buy iron ore futures and, and push up the prices there. So really didn't have much impact. No, and I think iron ore has been a feature of this week. You know, yep. I'm writing the weekend newsletter right now as per usual. And uh, yeah, one of the key themes obviously has been China. Iron ore yep. retailers this Absolutely. week here in Australia, oh. which we'll talk about, no doubt, you know, throughout this next 20 minutes or so. Um, but I also thought, you know, this S&P 500 bull market, Danielle, <laughs> I mean, is it to be believed? It's uh, I don't know. That was really interesting chatting to Carl Capolinga. And it, what I thought was striking is technically it starts to look like a bull market. But what he, the point he made was is that a lot of the investors are rotating out of the big, big fang stocks that have run really hard into the Russell 2000. But he talked about the VIX versus the skew. And to cut it right down to the chase, the VIX is suggesting volatility. So the fear index is right down. But the skew, oh. the hedging into the future is going through the roof, 
which basically means people are saying, yep, everything's great now, but I am buying puts galore yep. because we're really worried that there might be a black swan out there because of rising interest rates, etc. So as I said, I think fait attention, as the French like to say, it's, you know, you just got to be a bit careful this mm-hmm. year. You're really pulling out the French today, Danielle. <laughs> well, let's stop. I like it. There. Yeah. Um, look, uh, yeah, I like your point, but, um, you know, you are somebody who has been invested in Tesla in the past. I'm not sure if you still are or not, but you know, it's been on a run as well as this magnificent seven. So, uh, Google, Meta, Amazon, NVIDIA. Oh, now I'm testing Microsoft and what am I lifting? All those have been really responsible for the S&P 500 Carvana is running. Yeah, but but Tesla, Mm. Tesla has made exponential gains. It's the longest winning streak for couple of years, 10th yeah. session in a row. Yeah. Can't remember just off the top of my head, but I think the share price is up like, you know, no, 90%. Yep, yep. This year, 90% has just, actually I wrote about it for The, oh, the okay. View. So Good. there we go, great minds think alike. Um, up 35% in the last three months, up I think about 14% in mm-hmm. the last week. So it looks like Elon is back on the case, looking after Tesla. He's got the CEO at Twitter. Everyone's forgotten about that, you know, self-emulation he was doing basically, you know, trying to explode himself, talking about new gigafactory, in Spain, you've got GM and Ford coming into the supercharger network in the US, which means the Tesla one, which means Tesla can access the money from the Inflation Reduction Act. So really people are looking past compression in margins, maybe some declining demand and looking forward to Musk wanting to achieve that 20 million EV target by 2030. Lowering the price point, saying they're going to advertise, you know, there's still tax credits on offer. So yeah, I just thought that was interesting um, to start this session. Uh, look, you mentioned, Danny, that uh, information technology was one of the best yep. performing sectors, and I think it did win the day. If we take a look at the finish there, we've got, um, yeah, plenty of enthusiasm for Wise Tech. It's up by 2%, and we've got zero up more than 3%. So that's yeah. a really solid performance yep. coming through. Yep, yep, very much. Lots of buying following NASDAQ. <clears throat> Again, once as soon as you see those yields start to move down off the back of those um, unemployment claims, literally the money just races into those longer dated assets at the moment. So still a lot of interest there. And also, what do we have? Energy was underperforming. Yeah, energy. So we saw oil prices down about 2%. I had a good chat today with Stuart Glickman from CFRA. Look, he reckons 70, 70 US right. is probably where oil should be sitting. He said that if it weren't for the news last weekend from OPEC Plus, you'd have a six handle in front of it. Um, yeah, it's worthwhile going onto our website, osbiz.com.au, if you're listening to this in podcast form and just checking out that interview because, yeah, there's this whole supply, yep. demand, dynamic, but really oil prices in his view are reflecting the very real concerns about demand destructions. Forget about what the EIA is saying. You know, they're expecting demand to come back in the second half. He's saying it's 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 unlikely. And, uh, you know, what we're seeing from OPEC and the Saudis is just an expression of, you know, the fact that, yeah, uh, demand is falling. Oh, look at me picking off fluff <laughs> on my black shirt. Anyways, um, there was not a lot of corporate news today. No, very thin on the ground. Everybody's gone on holidays, I think, judging by how empty you could, you know, 
blow a cannon out down the streets today. <laughs> totally, <Sydney. laughs> totally. You know, but it was a big week. We had the RBA hiking interest rates, of course. Yeah. And I think retail was one of the key themes of the week. So Absolutely. we had that baby bunting downgrade. We had a lot of the brokers weighing in Absolutely. on the retailers. You know, like, Levisa falling today. So much, well, just generally this week. Yes. I don't know what it did today. More so today because I think it really? was Bell Potter cut its price target. And that's my point is yeah. that we've had... You know, even some of the quality retailers, mm. you know, being uh, tarred by the same brush. We mm. had Goldman Sachs downgrading Premier Investments. Mm. It was uh, the stock of the day yesterday on the call. Um, so listen, the stock of the day today was Avita Medical because I spoke with the CEO this morning. Mm. Uh, share price is doing good things. In fact, out of the medtech biotech space, I mean, this is one of the performers, got another tick from the FDA. Let's listen in to what Claude Walker and Mark Gardner had to say. I would say, you know, they they will probably lag or fall back to the pack a little bit as, you know, the, the revenue would disappoint in the next couple of reporting uh, quarters. Um, but I think long term, you probably want to be buying on a dip on this one um, overall. Same with Polynovo. Um, they had record they had record sales yesterday, um, or sorry, two days ago of seven million and a quarter, um, and you know, I think they, you know, they were bragging about five million at the start of this financial year. So they're and they're expanding into Asia and into Europe. Uh, these guys will probably follow a fairly similar pattern. Um, and both have got pretty decent management teams as well. So look, either or or, or both, to be honest, um, I think they're uh, you know they've got high prospects. And even in a recessionary um, style uh, market environment, um, biotechs that are about to go cash flow positive or that you know that are do actually do really well as defensive. Um, so they're probably they're probably two fairly all weather picks as well. But, um, but you know, and they will just gradually improve over the next year or so. So I think a net loss of nine million in the last quarter. So I see Avita as a little bit risky because, uh, as Mark was saying, you know the biotechs that are cash flow positive or about to be can be safer. But I don't necessarily think these guys are quite there yet. So for, for me, on a fundamental basis, it's a little bit too early. But if you were if you wanted to be like a bit more aggressive. Uh, and take a little bit more risk on that. I do actually think this is one that will make it in the end. that and as far as corporate news today I mean we, we know that more of the big banks are passing along that 25 basis point hike in full to mortgage holders I mean we knew that was gonna happen, yeah absolutely we? it's only you know a matter of days <laughs> and then and we've got the go. FOMC next week we're getting ahead of ourselves let's welcome in <clears throat> Jason Tay from Vertium Asset Management to the conversation Jason hey how are you feeling as we end this session here on this Friday afternoon before a long weekend here yeah, no, I'm feeling good. I think uh, it's it's been a good week for us. I think uh, no, but it's 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 about trying to survive these times and avoid these uh, retail bombs out there. <laughs> oh, Jason, you hit the nail on the head. So uh, I think you've got an interesting story to tell for us about what's going on with uh, obviously Newcrest Mining is under the takeover bid from um, Newmont. So. We're going to get some Newmont shares listed on the ASX. Is that the outcome? And is that something that you'd be look to, looking to buy? Yeah. So basically, uh, as part of the deal, um, Newcrest would be replaced by Newmont 
CDI shares. So effectively, the primary listing is still in the US, but they will have um, um, a secondary listing here in Australia. So um, that's going to happen by the end of this year. Um, so the million dollar question is, if you are a Newcrest holder, should you continue to hold on to it? And um, the way I sort of see it, you know, I guess, you know, th this chart actually shows you how Newcrest has traded from a enterprise value to EBITDA ratio. And in, in fact, just before um, Newmont made a bid, actually, Newcrest was trading on its close to its all time low mm. in terms of multiple. That that shows you how bearish the market was in terms of sentiment. Right. You have to go back 20 years, back to 2020, uh, 2001 to actually see that same multiple um, before gold. You know, went on this massive run, and then once it went on this massive run, Newcrest traded on you know very rich multiples. So, so anyway, um, the Newmont story uh, because Newcrest is effectively no more. I think you know they've obviously given the go ahead, um, and you are effectively buying today when you look at the Newcrest share price is Newmont, right? Because they will track one for one with that share price in the US, which is why when you look at New uh, Newcrest share price today, it hasn't moved because you know um, last night Newmont didn't move that much. Um, so going forward, when you look forward in terms of whether Newmont's a buy or not, uh, I, I, I believe so. You know, um, you know this chart uh, now shows you Newmont's enterprise value to EBITDA ratio. Um, now, it didn't get to as low as uh, Newcrest uh, in terms of how low it got to. But, you know, from a sentiment perspective, these valuation multiples show one thing. You know, there's not much you know, bullish sentiment actually uh, in, in the current valuations. And in fact, Newmont has actually underperformed many gold miners as soon as they announced the takeover of Newcrest. So, so, so that's a good start. Your starting point is actually quite low. Um, and ultimately, when you buy any commodity stock, you obviously have to take a view on the commodity price. Um, and the uncertainty around the fact, you know, especially towards the tail end of a rate cycle, um, is actually setting up conditions for, for gold to outperform. And obviously, for the last few months, you've actually seen gold perform quite well. And obviously, for the next few years, if gold performs quite well, you know, it will drag Newmont with it. All right. So that's gold. And are you of the view that we are in a gold bull market and that will inspire even more M&A at the small end? I mean, I know that's big end M&A, but small end as well. Now, it's very difficult to actually um, take a view on some of the small ends. Like the, the typical strategy, especially in the small end, especially in Australia, is they actually buy, uh, you know, I guess secondary assets from some of the larger players and try to consolidate them and get bigger and bigger that way. Um, you know, typically, the M&A uh, that occurs, you know, typically are, 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 you know, tier one, tier two assets, and, and most of it's pretty much gone. So I, I, th I think the M&A wave, um, it's, it's going to be sort of hard to see, uh, you know, compared to the last uh, decade or so. So I, I don't think um, that may happen. Um, but uh, I tell you what, if the gold price does rally, everything's going to be lifted up with it. I think that we got ahead of ourselves just jumping into, <clears throat> excuse me, Newcrest and Newmont, because, you know, the basis for this, your presumption that gold will do well, has to be what's happening in rates. And we've got a big decision looming next week from the FOMC. <laughs> So give us, you know, set the scene. What do you expect? Yeah, so, you know, it's, I think um, you touched on that a little bit earlier when you talked a bit about the iron ore price. Uh, you know, like 
bad news, uh, you know, in a way the market's trying to interpret it as good news, you know, like you had bad Chinese data and the market's anticipating that obviously China must stimulate. Um, and in fact, last night, when you think about the, you know, the, the analogy to the gold space, uh, last night, the US market had um, initial claims data coming out, um, you know, showing that there was a spike there. So again, bad news. Um, but that was a signal to the market that, oh, maybe rates will come off, right? Maybe the Fed, uh, you know, uh, next week would uh, pause the rate rises after uh, after the raise. It you know that that could be the last time uh, in, in in terms of this rate cycle. So, so from a forward looking point of view, um, if they do. You know, pause, right? Because conditions are getting worse because unemployment uh, data is actually, you know, deteriorating through time. You know, that could actually set the scene up for gold to continue to run higher. Absolutely. I mean, we really do see the sensitivity, don't we, Jason? Every time, like, you know, bad news is good news when it comes to, to yields and stocks at the moment. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens because uh, what, some of our guests are talking about a, a skip rather than a pause but who knows data could deteriorate mm -hmm. quite quickly and obviously you know the Fed could decide to back off is that how you see them going being just very very data dependent Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I think the market really is hanging on every single data point as well. So um, the initial claims, uh, they come out, uh, you know, a bit pretty frequently. Um, and today, look, to be honest, look, I mean, their increase so far has been pretty tepid, but it is increasing. Um, but that was actually a, a last night was actually a decent spike up. And typically, you know, in a economic slowdown scenario, once they begin to spike up, they continue uh, in that direction so it snowballs uh you know in in terms of uh, you know of of you know the the way people to claim unemployment benefits so um yes the fed will be looking at that data point um but across the board i think you know i think across the united states you can actually see more states with rising um uh, initial claims and rising unemployment jason tay thank you so much for joining us to wrap the week vertium asset management we'll see you soon Thank you. Let's wrap this session, shall we? Everybody's getting ready for a long weekend, let's be honest with ourselves, bringing up the leaders of this market. And you can see there, Nickel Mines. Yes. Uh, we had Nickel Mines. We still have it as, it's actually called Nickel Industries now. I've got to get that change. Share price up a really hefty 12% after it announced a conditional placement to United Tractors that has oh. been agreed. So this is raising about 943 million Aussie wow. dollars. So that's a 27% premium to its last closing price. So yeah, and cash injection to allow it to continue and expand. It's in the pig nickel area, but it does have a big Chinese partner. So yeah, one one that we will be watching. Mm, interesting. It's uh, Imogen back, well, it had been sold off, but that's uh, back finding some love. And then obviously we have uh, a bit going on in the gold sector, mm -hmm. iron ore, champion iron ore, very much benefiting from those rising iron ore futures. I think it's a higher cost producer, isn't it? So the more the 
you know, the, the iron ore price goes up, the, the better off they are. So, yeah. Imaging has been a good one because they've, they've had a lot of trial results and yeah. test results and announcements coming out lately. It's, like, quite it's actually quite, quite hard to follow all the announcements, but um, it's got a phase one mass trial that's evaluating the safety of its novel cancer-killing virus CF33HNIS. I think I said that right. Yep. Progressing to the next cohort. So that's to the intravenous arms of monotherapy in combination. Like, look, it's hard to track what biotechs do <laughs> at the best of times. But all we know is Imugene has had a lot of news flow as of late. Um, on the flip side, though, Danny, let's take a look at what's yeah. lagging. Well, as we said, LaVisa is still under some selling pressure. I'm not aware. It, like it had a broker move out on it. So we've got right. um, Bell Potter cutting its price target more than 6% to $30.50. But put that in perspective, yeah. right? Like. It's at trading at $18, $18 dollars, yeah. um, but I just am getting the sense this week in particular that it's not like there's no place to hide yeah. in retail. And even if there hasn't been a downgrade, which LaVisa has not, um, you know, they're getting caught up. Like it's just not going to be easy for any of them. And that includes Harvey Norman's of the world. But I would note mm-hmm. um, when I was hosting the call one day this week, I said, you know, LaVisa, I did get an email from them while we were on air. Wasn't a sale, wasn't an end of financial sale email. Well, guess what started to come from that day on? Oh, really? LaVisa sale emails, oh, you know, into right. my inbox. And I know, I know it's end of financial year, but um, all of these retailers are going to be under a lot of pressure. Absolutely. And I was just checking. I can't see anything for Lake Resort. No. or John Ling Group either. But a bit of, um, you know, selling pressure going on there. I don't think there's anything either in Lend-Lease that I'm aware of. But no, a... but we did have a note out from Morgan Stanley saying right. that investors should brace for downward pressure on commercial real estate yeah. in, the, in the earnings season. You know, that's pretty much upon us. Uh, so it did have a conference going on for Australian companies this week. Um, so it did feature a panel of real estate executives, executives, sorry, from Charter Hall, Centuria and Brookfield. And yet Charter Hall said that you can't have a circa 4% cash rate without a negative impact on discount and cap rates. I mean, that's just stating the obvious, right? But yep. um, perhaps it's, it, 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 it's, it's, we learned this week, you know, the RBA surprised us. Mm-hmm. BOC surprised. Yep. Yep. I mean, market is still pricing a pause for the Fed, but We've got inflation data to get through between now and then. Absolutely. Some of the medium to small caps, I think we've got them. No? Yep, let's bring them up, see what's happening. Galileo Mining, a star farm at CEO, CEO. actually. Yeah, didn't she resign or Mm -hmm. or she's stepping down? Yeah, which surprises me that the share price would be up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Flipping the page, though, taking a look at some of the laggards and uh, bet makers, yeah, undergoing a strategic. I wonder if just some of the AI enthusiasm came out of Appen today. It looks a little bit that way, doesn't it? And Bubs, isn't they're having a bit of a public spat, aren't Mm -hmm. they, in terms of who did what? Former founder, (laughs) former CEO. Yeah, new, yeah, there's a bit of a mess there happening, but um, we'll be watching that one with much interest. Okay, let's um, let's just take a look at what maybe we can expect tonight. And I don't think there's let's a lot. Say, yeah, so Eurozone, May CPI, University of Michigan, June consumer sentiment over in the US. So really not too much. 
But uh, there, it is a big week next week. And uh, when I was kind of updating, I think we have next week. So I actually only did uh, on the uh, Tuesday because we have Australian Jobs, NAB Business Survey, US Inflation, FOMC. Oh, oh okay. Bank of Japan. I think that's actually more um, about what's happening next week. So it's really, really big, isn't it, Nadine? We well, are... I'm glad we've got an extra day to get ourselves ready for it. <laughs> no. Right? Um, look, it's, uh, it's going to be a big one. I think that jobs read, it's definitely still a very tight labor market, but I was reading some analysis from CBA today saying that there are signs of softening. It's just that the population growth um, is something that will probably keep that in um, unemployment rate steady at about 3.7%. And FOMC, I mean, will they, won't they? We're going to be yeah. talking about it a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so look, I, uh, I've already referenced this on air, um, but just before we go, another shout out to our chair, and our host extraordinaire, Kashi, 21 years at the helm of Sunrise. I would imagine everybody, that's all his family. I Isn't imagine everybody's partied out by this time today. That was at the end of his last hosting gig at Sunrise. We just want to say congrats again, David, Kashi, and uh, cheekily to say, so it's not Monday that we'll see you in the newsroom, but we look forward to seeing you bright and early on Tuesday. Absolutely. <laughs> what a big day for him. My gosh, emotions running high everywhere. It was such a good send that off. I don't know if you got a chance to watch any of it, but um, look, we're uh, very happy for him, very happy for his family. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to all that's to come. Absolutely. Uh, just a final check in on the market. I know our viewers like us to just keep them updated and listeners, oh. I should say, on where we ended. And yep. it was no, no, no. a positive oh, finish. I know. Stop it. Stop it. No, my no, no. My computer. The oh, there we go. I've got the ASX 200 up 22 spot, 80 points, 7,122. And the SIBO mm. 200 up 4.76 points and both up just over 0.3 of a percent. So I think we'll take that on a Friday. We'll take it on a Friday. <laughs> It's really nice to see some green on the screen over the week, over the five trading days, down by about three-tenths of 1%. But it was a big one, wasn't it? RBA surprising. Hey, um, look, if you've missed anything throughout the week and you have any time on the weekend, everything's up online, osbiz.com.au. I hope you have a good weekend. I hope you have a good weekend. Yeah, and absolutely to you too. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission.